Hey, are you like us and trying to make your own podcast but aren't really sure where to get started? Well, when we first began, we didn't really know how to get our podcast out there to the hundreds of different podcast platforms. That's where Anchor comes in. Anchor is your one-stop shop for all things podcasting from start to finish. It allows you to record and edit your podcast and then when you're ready to publish, distributes it to a ton of podcasting platforms including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Once you've posted your episode, Anchor tracks listening across platforms and graphs your performance across countries, age groups and platforms. That's how we know that 4% of our listeners are in Hong Kong. If you're listening from Hong Kong right now, well, thank you. And Anchor is totally free. To get started, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. That's a n c h o r.fm to get started. Now back to the pod. Hey guys, welcome to our first ever podcast for all about sports. Uh this is going to be a weekly podcast where we'll be bringing you guys a lot of information about the world of sports and uh what's going around. To quickly introduce you guys to the hosts and the participants of this podcast, we have uh, Mazhar who is a big sports enthusiast has been a sports content writer for Sports Kira and currently I think Mazhar you're writing for um uh, a company in Africa am I correct? Yes, I'm writing I write articles for Sporty. Uh that's one of Africa's leading sports websites. So, so there yeah. we go we have we have Mazhar who is uh, a complete sports buff. Uh we have Aniket who is uh, also a sports enthusiast and Arsenal supporter. um and here is me shubham uh, i did my undergrad in sports management again huge sports enthusiast man united supporter and we have a fourth person uh, rishabh who unfortunately isn't uh, hasn't joined us today but uh, in subsequent episodes he will be there uh, so to quickly dive in we will start off with today's podcast and uh, we'll be covering the var the controversies with the var the different rule changes that have taken place and our main focus is going to lie around uh, the premier league uh, so to start off with the var Uh, obviously as compared to last season one big change that has happened is now there is a pitch side monitors uh, for our referees to use for the assistance this was something like you guys must have already seen was something which was uh, uh, prevalent within different leagues but the premier league has adopted this season uh, and it will mainly be used only uh, for red card decisions and penalties not for offsides offside calls will be taken by the var match referee uh, even talking about uh, offside uh, uh, it's become pretty strict now and especially both uh, the var and offside is now completely controlled by fifa and fifa have set, uh, set the strict rules and guidelines which every league has to follow in fact the premier league uh, i believe was trying to uh, um, talk to fifa and be a little lenient about um, the offside rule considering how la- last season like by small margins it was given offside but fifa has uh, fifa is like no bullshit man offside is offside if it's offside that's about it and um, uh, there's no debating that um also another thing with offside is this season onwards even if a player is offside the play will continue to the time the whistle is not blown so players have to play to the whistle they can't just stop playing so that i think will be um uh, something that the players will have to get used to uh, another big change is the goalkeeper the goalkeeper fucking has to stay on the bloody line and this was something so bloody annoying in united's first game of the season so that is again a big rule change that has happened and uh, obviously handball when it comes to uh, the handball offense uh that is also very frustrating uh but i'm uh, and and fifa has made it very clear that handball will be from the shoulder joint till the uh, like till the armpit line of the player um so again a lot of new rules have come in football is becoming super super strict and with technology also coming in the landscape is changing very quickly 
and that is something that today we guys are going to talk about and get into straight away. And I can't think of any better game to start than what happened yesterday. Uh, Brighton versus United. Oh my fucking god! The penalty decision that was given after the whistle was blown. That was mind blowing, man. For United to to get into the game where we were pretty much thrashed, and honestly, I don't think we really deserve to win. But then to make it three two, it just shows how VAR can actually like change things up. And me being a United fan, I'm very happy it happened. But I can just imagine it must have been really frustrating for Brighton, man, and all anti-United fans. Uh, I uh, so uh, me being a United fan again, uh, I agree completely. VAR helped us, and it was beneficial in the end. Of course, a lot of question marks before that incident itself with Pogba bringing down Conley. Um, I think that was a penalty. I think Pogba very well knew what he was doing. There was slight contact between. With I think it is it was his knee that hit the back of the thigh, uh, but obviously in the replays that wasn't clear enough. Now my question ago, uh, regarding that is. it said that var would reverse decisions based on clear and uh, obvious errors that is the actual literal term right so my question was was that a clear and obvious error by the referee i don't think so so from a neutral standpoint i think united got away with that one uh, in fact even rio ferdinand on bt sport after the match said the same thing and had the same opinion that that was a penalty of course uh, you can pick your sides depending on uh whatever benefits you and that's the thing about var and that's why it's so debatable and so contentious so uh we go, i i feel like united got away with that but as for the final penalty decision it was spot on that was a clear handball really, really what bro i kind of disagree with you at least the pogba's incident i think it was uh, it was a good call that the that the referee went to var and changed it because i th- i think what's happening now is because how uh the, the attackers they know that defenders are going to be like super super careful in the box i feel he he like almost like put his body in pogba's way and pogba if you see in the reaction he put his hands up he was trying to control himself but when you're already running at speed it's, and someone comes in your way what's going to happen i i i agree with that which is fair gamesmanship on the attacker's half right i am going to run across your body if i am trying to cut in and score a goal I will intentionally run across your body so that your legs and mine collide. If you don't get the ball, it's a pen. <laughs> I mean, that, I agree. That is that is going to be an attacker's intent. So the amount of gamesmanship has definitely gone up. If you are going to make runs into the box, because these are the kind of calls which get given. <laughs> the sad the thing is, the sad thing is, it's it's always. it's always an attacker's game so it's nice for uh, i i mean it's nice that the defender got a, got the call uh, according to me for a change but i think pogba was not innocent at all there i think he very well knew he put his hands up there no one's going to put their hands up there trying to block a guy from scoring literally for a clear cut chance so all i'm saying is if there is contact and the referee's already given the decision see according to me whatever the referee chose in the beginning should have stood is my opinion in pogba's case had the referee not given a penalty also i would have agreed i can see both sides i'm just saying they just broke that entire concept of the simple var rule if there was a clear and obvious error by the referee then only should it be reversed yes now you mentioned the referee review areas come in and now they can literally go and review their own decisions on the screen 
but if they themselves are not sticking by those rules i just don't see there being any sort of uniformity or any sort of way forward where they progress in a systematic way because otherwise there'll always be things that will be open for debate like this there still will be uh, decisions that will go like yeah, where you like 50 choices yeah, so absolutely. that's and my thing especially specifically talking about rules i think the rules have become so strict where like for example if you see opening game of the season united crystal palace uh, lindelof was given a penalty because the ball hit his hand which is i think less than a meter away i think now i just i just feel attackers will be using this to their benefit they'll just hit the ball on the on the defender's hand and that will be penalties and i think these kind of penalties will just be like these will be unnecessary penalties yeah this will just just take the but, fun away from the game and become harder for defenders and i, I agree I but shobham agreed but again now in this in this case this was not a handball a handball is a different ball game we will definitely go in depth into handballs i think for pogba's case i can i can see your view on that i'm, I'm not denying that but i'm just saying like the rules have become so fucking strict that like attackers they will the easy way out is hit the ball in the hand and then yeah. the var decision will be there and that's a penalty and i think jordan like, ayu's case was that so that the fact yeah. that you're saying that i think ayu was it it seemed like he was just aiming for lindelof's hand because yeah that was the best option that was the easiest option and and let's not forget these are elite players in the top tier of english football they can probably hit a guy's hand whenever they feel like of that's course. literally the level they play at so lots of question marks into the handball if you want to dive right in let's do that but uh what i'm trying to say is it's already been an attackers game and now they've just made it so much harder to be a defender that i'm worried if going forward people will want to be defenders you know it's reached <laughs> that type of a thing of course it's a scary sight i would hate anyways, to be a defender anyways, in the anyways it's pretty sad for fucking defenders because defenders never win the ballon d'or and now <laughs> you can't even defend properly because of these fuck all rules it's just it's just going to be insane man man credit to van dijk as much as i may hate the guy for <laughs> yeah. being a cool player yeah. the guy won it so but i tell you what like before we guys uh, like get deeper with var and rules uh, there's something that i like to share with you guys so i was just doing like a little analysis uh, of of what had happened so i want all all the people watching this to have a quick look at it so we here we have some teams we have united bournemouth watford aston villa west ham chelsea leicester and tottenham and what were the var points that they got last season so united got seven var points we ended the season with 66 had we not got the seven points we would have probably got 61 we would have missed top four because we would have tied with leicester and there's a high possibility that on goal difference we wouldn't have made it through chelsea would have finished third in terms of relegation i think bournemouth and watford would have still been relegated because var would var points would have made much of a difference and aston villa west ham would have been safe and tottenham would have still been sixth but united i'll, I'll specifically touch on united because last season we got a lot of penalties Seven VAR points—that's a lot of points—and we could have possibly missed out on top four. So, so it just goes to show how VAR last season has had like a major, major impact, at least on United and definitely all over the league. So, I just wanted to bring this up to point it out about the how VAR has changed the game. And now, now I, I think we like you guys. If you guys have any specific incidents that you guys want to bring up, let's just get into it, man. Before we go into some um, <laughs> contentious calls. it's already i mean we are did have a massive impact last season but it's already had a as big an impact in this season itself okay there have been 82 goals which is massive okay game week 2 had 44 goals there have been 82 goals of which 17% 14 were penalties 
now you can understand a lot of those penalties were given for these contentious handballs which which is kind of like a rule change where you've gone from um, is the hand moving towards the ball or is the hand of the defender in an unnatural position to has the ball hit someone's arm so it's gone from arm to ball uh, sorry it's gone from arm to ball to ball to hand so if the ball struck someone's hand they they've given given penalties which is absurd if you ask me i think roy hodgson covered it very well uh, after the palace versus everton game where he said it's kind of taking the fun out of the game for him and he can't believe how you know the players managers coaches the league has let it happen like such a rule change which is going to drastically alter how games are played out and it's not i mean you should you need to have football people at least passing over these rules right you need someone who actually is involved in the day to day of the game to look over how this is going to have an impact and i mean such a seasoned veteran <laughs> saying something i mean it's not just because it's gone against his team i think he could say it for or we all could say it for every team i mean just a mess of a rule if you ask me yeah i think i think you i think the perfect example of what you just said gui was the chelsea game mm-hmm. uh and in in fact uh okay let's not okay not the chelsea game let's talk about the palace game itself because uh it the ball hit wards hand everton were awarded a penalty there was a similar incident where i don't remember who shot the ball for crystal palace but it went off calvert lewin's hand yeah. that and it was the same it was and, and he was, he was it wasn't because i tell you why it wasn't because calvert lewin was further back shoulder. he was further right. back if anything calvert lewin was more of a penalty but like the only reason anyone could come up with was his arm was closer to his body but exactly I mean, how far was ward's hand off his body it wasn't that far right so and, and he, he didn't, didn't have and he didn't even have the time to react like you said true, so so i mean it's gone from uh, you know the intent being a mental uh, aspect to intent being defined by how your arms are placed i mean <laughs> is it yeah. is this, is this a natural movement a natural movement just made so much more sense uh, that, and just that, i i agree with that you know just you, defining it that way was so much more easy it was it would have been at least more consistent but how they've changed try to improve the consistency is giving everything a handball it strikes the hand it's a it's a penalty <laughs> it, but it's not right you need to think about the intent and intent is definitely more mental as opposed to if it just touched your hand from 2 yards away when the ball was struck really hard <laughs> we can't do much about this so yeah, i just so wanted to bring like yeah so i just wanted to bring you shobham in for this itself Uh, I know you brought back those points lost and gained. Of course, United gained the second most points. I think Brighton earned one point more than United through VAR over the season. Uh, but one major aspect that was left out there was the points, which were the two points, which, uh, or rather, the one point that Villa gained and the two points that Sheffield lost in that abysmal incident. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you like you I was just I was just thinking from United's point of view because had we probably not got the seven points from VAR, we would have missed out on top four. And missing out on top four is like what hundred million you lose from Champions League. So that would have been massive amount of financial loss for United. 
and I think I'm not 100% sure, but Adidas also had a clause in their contract that if United don't yes. finish top four, then their sponsorship money also goes down. So yeah, those yeah, VAR points has actually saved us, saved us at least financial as. And we and still have more COVID going on. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, dude, let's not get into that. <laughs> let's not get into that. So, that is yeah. so fucking annoying. Yeah, but you're but so yeah. you're so right. Uh, as a United fan, we can't complain about VAR. Uh, it's definitely helped us to get calls. And okay, I think the only one call that United got last season that wasn't actually a penalty was the one where Bruno was, uh, where he spun around and then he was stripped. Yeah, so against Tottenham. That was the correct. only one. But, but what do you think of the game against Liverpool? What do you think of the game against Liverpool where Rashford scored, but before Rashford scored, Origi was fouled? That I, also should have been turned around, I guess. Don't bring up Liverpool because I'm. I can just. Uh, there is complete frustration because they've had so many games where they were fortunate enough through those yeah, decisions. Of course, of course. The City game as well, where Alexander Arnold handled the ball, wasn't given. Uh, they broke on the counter and scored. So, See, in fact, talking about the talking about the Liverpool game, uh, that is something I'd like to bring up, where where we scored, but possibly. So this was the goal. What a run by James. I think that was one of his fine, uh, finer moments last season. Now, this was the foul that just happened before the goal. Where possibly VAR should have turned it around here. And then this led to a quick counter and it led to a goal. But it, it didn't. It, but VAR ruled it in our favour. I, so I, I didn't see this as a foul. I thought it was very soft. I think he was buying it. That was my first opinion of it when I saw it as well. Uh, well, I thought it was. I thought it was pretty much a clear-cut foul. And last season, there are a lot of moments where VAR has actually ruled out goals because of a foul in the build-up to play. So out here, I think United were fortunate. So that's what I'm saying. This this level of consistency is not there either. It's problem with the match or with the way how referees are trained or every referee interprets it differently. So because that consistency is not there, it becomes unfair for certain teams, and that definitely leads to a lot of um, major decisions happening and losing points. Very similar to what happened with Chelsea yesterday. I, I still don't understand how Havertz was, that wasn't given a handball. I understand the rule that the IFAB has set, saying that you know if it's not immediately related, like it's not directly, like the instant play leading to the goal, then it's it's not in the purview of VAR. That's what it is. I. I don't have the exact words or the wordings for what the rule is. But the point, yeah, so it's basically accidental handballs by an attacking player is only penalized if it occurs immediately before a goal or a goal scoring opportunity. This was literally, he handled the ball, the ball fell, that person passed it, goal. So how was that not an immediate goal scoring opportunity or how did it not create that is just beyond me that's what i'm trying to say there's complete inconsistency in their decision making yeah totally um, that's frustrating that's really frustrating not only for the players even for like for the fans it's very frustrating obviously it, it becomes it becomes great uh, controversy so it's it's a good pub debate and banter and all of that but at the end of the day it's fucking frustrating because there's no level of consistency i would i would hate to be a west brom fan because Firstly, they're going to be fighting for relegation. It's yeah. 100% a case. They lost out on two valuable points. Those two points could literally be the difference in their season. 
when they look back. Absolutely. I mean, you think about it, uh, Villa and uh, Bournemouth last season. <laughs> it was what? Oh, about, yeah. a, about a point or two points in, because of that um, game against Aston Villa. Exactly. Aston Villa lose those two. They are level on points, Bournemouth and Villa. So, I mean, these things, for a team like West Brom, it means just so much more to lose yeah. two points because of a contentious, I won't call it bad, <laughs> contentious or debatable call by the uh, that's something which well, I remember Anike before, before we got onto this podcast mm-hmm. uh, when we were on call you were like, there were a lot of different incidences that you were talking about and you were telling yeah, me, Are yeah. there are so many incidents that have happened last season and it's been so frustrating, so why don't you talk, talk us through some of those incidences now Okay, Arsenal fans, I will lead with uh, one of those. <laughs> okay, Chambers was fouled in a run-up to Socrates' goal. Alright? If anything, VR should have given him... I mean, when the VR uh, decision was being made, I was wondering whether it's for a penalty or not. And I'm like, why? It's already... To, a all, to all the Arsenal fans, please <laughs> relive this moment. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You, there are several angles to this video. I don't know what Chambers has been exactly given a foul for over here. It's 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 a scuffle. I mean, the ball pops out. That's about it. The ball pops out to Socrates. He finishes it. This is this is a foul for Palace apparently. Wow, great, amazing. It 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 ruined my day. And I mean, the way the season was going for Arsenal. This would have meant a lot. You know? <laughs> Can you imagine? This, I, I still, it, it just, it boils my blood. Is a very, very, <laughs> very toned down way of saying what some of the calls are. And to have made uh, results for certain teams, like even Bulls versus Liverpool, right? Pedro Neto was caught offside by maybe the size of a big toe. <laughs> That's about it. That's about it. And that turned away the goal which leveled it for Wolves. That, but, so, Liverpool continued to lead. I mean, they scored a banger of a goal. <laughs> he was offside by this, just his big toe. Even Lundstrom. But, I'm telling Lundstrom, Lundstrom against Tottenham. That was a big that toe. Was, that, that was <laughs> it. I was like, God, for a side which is newly promoted, okay, I get Chris Wilder and his side are doing so well. But it would have meant so much for them to have that goal. But you're, you're, you've asked uh, them to, uh, I mean, sorry, you've basically denied them a brilliant goal. And okay, the Lundstrom pass wasn't even the final pass. I get I get that if you're offset at any point, sometimes during the play, <laughs> it invalidates everything which happens afterwards. But God, I mean, those calls hurt. Like being offside by something which can only be detected by drawing two lines which are probably a millimeter or two apart on a screen. <laughs> so see, so what you're saying about the offside thing, I understand that it can get very frustrating. But uh, in terms of offside, I think it's it's pretty black and white. Even if it's yeah, one millimeter or exactly. five millimeters or one one foot, offside is offside. Yeah, so, they made it a yes or no question. Yeah, and I, I think that's great. I think that's great. Yeah, I think that's great. Yeah, I do, that black I, and white, I, I think I it's perfect. I think it's not something that you can have umpires call like in cricket for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> because there's a clear answer. There's no predicted path or something. 
you see the line there's a clear line drawn obviously they're not getting the line drawn in wrong in technology at least i hope not so uh yeah i think i agree with shobham on that aspect we, it's something that all teams have to suck up and you can't even debate that okay yeah, see like when it comes to offside and when it comes to goalkeeper being on the line that's the rule you just have to stick to it and follow it and there's no debate out there the real debate that i think it is it is like like for example that we guys already touched upon when uh is it like what's the intent of the player now that is questionable that is very hard for even the referee to judge like what is the intent of the player to actually put his hand out is it too close to his body is it 1 meter away so those things like that are, are controversial but when it comes to offside and and goalkeeper being on the line i, I think that's pretty clear cut now i think there's one more controversial thing surrounding var which is that it can't uh, really button on yellow cards which is uh, strange right okay suppose yeah. suppose a player is already on a yellow or that incorrectly gives given a second yellow you can't we even if it's not a foul and var can well the referees can see it right the referees could go over as much game footage as they want by and stop play while they do it but the ref, the var referees can't do this for some reason okay not some reason because it's a rule but it would change the game completely unless i mean the only time a player being sent off can be reviewed is when he gets a straight red which is absurd why do two yellows not make a red <laughs> you're still going to have one man shot on the pitch and it's going to change the game for good from that point on so it it's kind of contentious for me to have such a rule in place where a second yellow can't be reviewed by the i i i guess it just comes down to the fact that you know then every decision can be reviewed so they are trying to stamp on that authority as well saying that you know what this will slow down the game we can't review everything like this because then okay, people so will be like firstly you shouldn't have got the first yellow card as well so um i think it just mm-hmm. comes down to that and the fact that he was indisciplined to get the first yellow card maybe the mindset that you know what maybe he deserves the <laughs> second yellow so he's off. I, i i'm just trying to say that yeah, this is the logical no in fact in fact talking about var right now this just came from the, like on the top of my head i think in, i'm not quite sure so you guys will have to like uh, help me in this i think this rule is in cricket now i'm not 100% sure how it is in cricket i think the 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 captain or, or the team they can ask for a third empire review or something like that am i correct yeah. yes yeah so yeah. I was, I, you know I, right now i was just thinking why doesn't like like both the teams be given like two three var options where in the match they can use the var like to call an offside or a red card or a penalty and then the var is impl- implemented instead of like this this is just like crazy thought that came in my head i just want to know what you guys think it, what do you think like would this would this be a better thing where the club captain or the team can decide that we want to take a var review or should it just be like down to the referee i think down to the referee is better i think and my opinion on it is that way because if you have say three attempts at uh, using the var services the second or three are over <laughs> the other team going to have a field day with you right they, i mean again not to say that the not to say that the on field referees not to say that the on field referees would be like super incompetent the second three var are over and you know all calls would go against the team who have exhausted their reviews but i mean just keep it as a constant all the time saves time doesn't and force a break in play where three players huddle up and discuss what happened because even if you think about it in cricket you have 
you know time between two balls right so and the drs review has to come with that matter even if you take tennis for that matter like players are the it's it's down to the player to take the call yeah uh, so i i think like like when you talk about break and play yeah. anyway when a var judgment is being taken place there is a break and play which so is enforced by the team instead of the referee which is enforced by the officials all right now if the players would okay 85th minute you're down one nil or maybe your level your a team in the relegation zone this this one point means a lot to you every time someone tackles you you're going to take like a you know all three four of your players and would discuss and then maybe say okay i don't make a call i don't need var that that's time wasting right that's gamesmanship but again to think that you would add already if last towards the end of last season you saw like the rise in amount of stoppage time 5 minutes 6 minutes 7 minutes of course that's because of those 10 minutes break. last night yeah yeah <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> and to whistles <laughs> and to final whistles so i don't think uh, you can have a break and play in a sport which is basically 45 minutes end to end at a time tennis and cricket both have breaks and play between each point each ball so maybe you could think about it get like 3 4 5 10 seconds and of course there's a time limit in both of those sports as well like you can call for a review in under a certain amount of time you could you can't think over it i you know having having said this i want to bring mazhar into this because i remember mazhar was talking to me about um, talking to us about um, everton versus united during the var uh, decision so would you want to shed some light onto it mazhar uh, everton versus united uh i don't think it was everton versus united oh sorry i might be getting i might be mistaken um, what was the one that you were talking I, to me about uh so the one i was talking about was the incident where uh hockey failed which basically mm-hmm. cost uh sheffield a chance or two points that could have been crucial for them to make the europa league potentially at least uh the knockouts or whatever to have that chance and it also saved villa, villa yeah. in the end because it was one crucial point that match ended up nil nil so it was uh, ollie norwood's cross that came in uh neilan pounced onto it at the far post but the ball had crossed the line now it was so evidently in that it was just beyond me that that, that a person with his plain eyes couldn't see that go in So forget plain eyes and forget this one, right? Yeah. Yep. So you see, Norwood whips the ball in. Nealon jumps he has, on it. He's in the goal. He has pulled himself out using the post. That is how far back in he was. <laughs> and and I feel for Michael Oliver here because he trusted technology yeah, and yeah. technology failed him. And the the sad thing is, he had the straight on view, so he couldn't even take that call on his own. He ne- needed help from his. Uh, assistant referee he didn't get it which was shocking again but it's so evident like anyone could have seen that that was a goal uh, and this is one of those times when technology failed and the worst part about this incident is hockey came out and said all seven of their cameras that they have on the goal line uh were covered by either defenders yeah. or by the goalkeeper or the goal posts i mean it's <laughs> that an unprecedented amount of occlusion if i'm not wrong was what was in the statement post game unprecedented amount of occlusion okay if there is that amount of occlusion 
why is there VAR? I'm sure the VAR. That's the worst part, right? VAR should have played its role there and come in and stepped in and said, "Hey, listen, we just saw it. It's a goal. Give it a goal." VAR <laughs> is following this these strict set of rules yeah. as if it's the holy bible or something, and it doesn't work like that. I'm sorry, you just you literally relegated aside. You relegated relegated aside. aside. <laughs> <laughs> you said the other and you cost a newly promoted side a chance of making europe uh, it's not certain they would have made it even if they would have got those two points but it just i mean mentally it affects anyone they are humans as well and it's two points lost for a team that was looking for europe and it's one point gained for a team that survived in the end but bournemouth will look back at that and say that man where for none of our faults you know it's it's yeah. like that so, and if you ask me, Bournemouth had like their first bad season in the Prem in the last four or five years. Just so sad for the team to have, you know, which was ninety first uh, in the entire standings in England, made it to the Prem, survived for five seasons, and then this is why you get relegated. I mean, of course, they were they were trash. Okay, throughout the season, yeah, they, they were they were played with played with injuries. They had like poor performance, even when they had some of the best players on the pitch. But yeah, I mean, we are relegated. Let's say. Yeah. So, guys, I, I, I mean, we've discussed all of these things, but I think we've missed out on one thing: the penalties, the goalkeeper rule. Uh, I have a lot. I think yeah. that's my biggest criticism of everything. The handball rule will always be a problem, but that's a universal problem. But I have a problem. Uh, as of this goalkeeper staying on the line rule simply because I feel like it's very unnatural movement for a goalkeeper, so it just makes it harder. And again, it's favoring the attackers. So I wanted you guys. See, to yeah, see. I, anyway, penalty is something that has always been. Uh, you can sort of say like obviously it's fifty-fifty, but it has always favored the attacker. But like what you said, I think that's bang on. It just makes it harder for the goalkeeper because the goalkeeper has no momentum. He's standing in one position, which is very static, and he has to just pick a side and jump. At least previously, he could like get in some momentum. Now I understand like a goalkeeper can't be like two feet in front of his goal and doing stuff like that. That is understandable. But being so strict about the fact that like you have to be on your line, one foot has to be on the line. It just makes it even more harder. Yeah, see it over on or above on or above the line is what it is. And I think um, because the keepers can't get the momentum to go high enough, you're going to see a lot of penalties hit higher up. It's just going to be it. I think so, Richarlison, Richarlison hit. Yeah, like definitely. This is there will be a lot of penalties given, <laughs> and a lot. Scored. Yeah, I think a lot of penalties will be given, and I think a lot of penalties will be retaken also, and I think some will be retaken, retaken also, because it, it it will be an adjustment time, adjustment phase for the players. They have to also get used yeah. to something else. Like and even the offside thing that you have to play to the whistle, you will have to get used to it. <laughs> I hate that rule. I hate that rule. It just slows down the game so much. Just raise your flag and give it. I mean. It it's just it it's just so again it comes back to it being so unnatural and it it's just so frustrating to watch. Like even when Rashford scored yesterday, I was celebrating and then I remembered, oh wait, hang wait, on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah. it's it, so you can't even react and celebrate till you hundred percent know there's not going to be a review of a goal. So it it really kills that emotion and that rush of blood that fans experience. Technology is good, but I think I would have 
preferred it to like that human error is good sometimes because more often than not i think it balances out over the course of the season is my see, that's opinion. what i also that's what i also like see one thing about football that i've always loved is that element of human error and that is fine you know like till date football has been played for so many years and it was it was absolutely fine goal line technology i think was great and i yeah. think that was that was required and we are also I, i don't have too much of a problem with it like especially when it comes to the offside rule i think that is also good but when it comes to like such uh, uh like debatable decisions about handball and whether hand is and so on and so forth i think that is killing the game away because like like we discussed initially players will use this as an advantage players will be cheeky about it they will aim for the hand and that will take the fun away from the game yeah i mean if you're not, you're not you don't find a way through a five man block just back it towards the goal and hope yeah just smash it on the hand Yeah. Hope for the best. Keep hitting it. Rebound off. Hit it again. Rebound off. Hit it again. Keep going. I won't be surprised soon if we see the back four literally just standing with their arms at the ba- their backs and running. Yeah, yeah. Like headless chickens. Bro, this will be so interesting with Mourinho parking the bus and getting a penalty <laughs> because he hit the hand. Highly <laughs> likely. Highly likely. Yep. Uh, yeah, but guys, you. I mean, coming back to the penalties aspect. i think you guys are so right more penalties will be scored obviously i think more penalties will be retaken as well uh, as we saw in the case of daheya which was so unfortunate because he was like inches off the line but um, i'm just i was just having a look at the carabao cup stats of the penalty shootouts that took place harrogate town versus tranmere 87 uh, arsenal liverpool in the community shield 5-4 only one penalty missed and that too he missed the target uh, brewster skied it leeds hull 9-8 uh, two were saved one was missed burnley sheffield 5-4 only mcburney missed the penalty which was saved so what i'm trying to say is no one really misses penalties now with this new rule you just need no, to absolutely. hit the target so so in fact what you're saying is spot on VAR is going to further bring on a lot of controversy. I think we can probably have a lot of episodes on VAR, but yeah, VAR is controversial. We have to live with it. Uh, these are changing times. Uh, some rules are good, but some of them are questionable. So let's see how how the season turns out to be, and probably mid-season, end of the season, we can have another VAR review session. But uh, but yeah, to everyone watching, this was um, our um, thoughts on VAR. Uh, you guys, please give in your thoughts in the comment section below. Like, subscribe, share. and we'll be bringing another episode uh, next week every week we'll be bringing something in, uh, to discuss and till then guys see you all see you. uh aniket mazar nice talking to you all see you all soon next Shubham. week thanks kui